Just want to take an opportunity to speak with you all just for a few minutes. Want to let you know that Diane and I are, are doing well. <clears throat> We've had a negative COVID test now, so we're cleared. Yeah, still a little bit of congestion and stuff, but you know we're doing very, very good. Um, obviously, we're still mourning the loss of mom, and we have our moments. Any of y'all who've lost a loved one, you know what that's like. <clears throat> you have times that are great, and then you have other times where something clicks, and the next thing you know, you're, you're down and out. But one of the things that we can, um, we're grateful for is that we know that now mom can see, she can run, and she can dance, amen. And so I'm just so thankful to know that she is with the Lord today. We have also learned over the uh, course of these last few weeks that this coronavirus, COVID-19 thing, is no hoax. Now, I never believed that it was a hoax, so don't take me wrong. I just was praying so diligently that we would somehow be guarded from it here uh, at Resurrection Life Church. And it breaks my heart that we had to close the building down again and and to simply do a a live-streamed church service. But we felt that that was the best thing to do because we had some um, not only reported exposures, but uh, we've had a, a few of our, ch- our family members here at the church that have tested positive for coronavirus. Um, we, they are all doing very, very well, praise God, <laughs> amen, uh, and recovering. And so you keep all of them in prayer. Uh, I expect that there's a good chance that we're probably going to take the entire month of October and continue to do our morning service like this. It, it, it's not because we have any fear or panic or worry. It's because we want to protect you. We want to keep you from having any exposures or whatsoever to coronavirus, at least coming from this place. Anywhere, yes, but certainly not from here. We uh, often kind of joked around a little bit, you know, well, this thing come and visit us here in this little cornfield. Well, I, I'm, I'm saying yes. It has. I never thought it would come visit me for sure. And so I want to encourage you to be cautious. I want to encourage you to do the the right things to use. So don't get all, you know, in the ditch on some of this stuff. There's a balance to social distancing. There's a balance to wearing a mask. There's a balance to wearing gloves at the right times in the right moments. I think the thing that you want to, if if you can get in the ditch on anything, take this seriously. I've been saying for a number of weeks, potentially even months, that in the months of September, October, and November, we were going to see an increase in this and see a lot of things happening um, that we wish was going the opposite direction. But in fact, uh, those words are coming true. And so we have to use wisdom. We have to use prudence. Uh, Let me say this. If you are sick and you're experiencing some symptoms There's nothing wrong with going and getting tested, and I want to encourage that. Uh, That being said, you know, if you are sick, yes, you should stay home, right? But you know what? You should call me. I just want to lean in, and I want to look you right in the eye, and I want to say that I love you as your pastor. I love you. And I may not be able to come visit you, but I can pray for you. And I can encourage you, and I can send you a text or something or a phone call to just encourage you. Don't sit home sick and say, well, how come nobody ever called me? Well, you know, 
we know how to discern in the spirit, but we don't know how to read minds per se. You understand what I'm saying? The Bible tells us in James chapter 5, is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. And then here it is, if anyone among you is sick, then that person must call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over them. And so that's what we want to do. We want to be there for you. If you have to go into the hospital, if you are sick at home, even if you're exhibiting some flu-like symptoms and you haven't been tested, I don't want to call pastor, it's just a cold. Listen, call me, let me pray for you. Send me a text or something or call the church. They'll get a message to me right away and I can encourage you and I can pray for you. Amen? So we're going to be wise, and I think it's only wisdom and prudence for us to do what we're doing right now. Uh, I am so thankful to be able to look right at the camera and speak directly to you, but I also love looking around and speaking to everybody else that's here. We have a very small crew of people that are here right now, and we're all social distancing and doing the things that we need to do uh, to be wise and to be prudent. No fear, because we walk in faith. Amen? No worry, because we walk in wisdom and know how to worship. Amen? No panic, because we know how to pray, and we know to whom we pray. Our King of kings, our Lord of lords, he is the great physician. And so we put our confidence in Jesus Christ and proclaim that we are more than overcomers, proclaim that we are more than conquerors because of what Jesus Christ did at the cross of Calvary. If you can believe that, and receive it, say amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, I have said that I was going to be preaching over the course of the next, the Sundays prior to um, the election on a number of different issues and a number of different topics. And we began a number of days ago a program called 40 Days to Save Our Nation. 40 days where every single day there was at least one, a minimum of at least one person who had taken responsibility for that day to pray for God's will, God's grace, God's providence, God's protection, and God's future for the United States of America. We're just about halfway through that right now. We actually have 24 days left. 20, now, I need to say it like this, brothers and sisters, 24 days to save our nation. It's not just a clever title. I want you to think about that for a minute. 24 days to save our nation. I have, to the best of my ability, contacted the primary prayer person every single day to let them know that I'm praying with you. Uh, And I hope, I I may have missed one or two here and there just from sickness and dealing with things with uh, the loss of mom. But here we are, we're halfway through this thing with 24 days left before the election. (laughs) How many of you dread it? (laughs) That election thing is going to be crazy. As my wife would say, wackadoodle. It's going to be wackadoodle for sure. It's going to be messed up. But we know that there are great things planned for the people of God. So I said that I was going to begin to talk about a number of different issues and what really I felt like might be the most important thing is to talk to you about voting, to make sure that you're registered to vote, to just to get out there and do it. 
You know, there's a lot of people say my vote won't count. Listen, every single vote counts. There may be some of you out there going, the whole voting thing is going to be a complete fraud this year. I'm just going to stay out of it. No, don't do that. I have looked through the Bible up and down trying to find me a passage of Scripture that says thou shalt vote or else. But I haven't found one. But I'd love to be able to say that to you because we have an onus of responsibility as believers to let our voice be heard. When you vote, you let your voice be heard. When you choose not to vote, you choose to remain silent and in your silence, you become complicit with either either good or bad. Probably in your silence, you become complicit with bad. And that's a bad deal, y'all. So we have an onus of responsibility. The Bible teaches us in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 3, choose wise and discerning and experienced people from your tribes to lead. And the Lord says, then I'll bless them in what they're doing. And so we have a responsibility. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 2 says, when the righteous increase, the people rejoice. But when the wicked man rules, people groan. Now, I want to read that again because there's something I want to to kind of glean out of that, that I want you to take to heart. When the righteous increase, the people rejoice. Now, that was a pretty broad, that talked about a multitude, the righteous. That's a very broad uh, thing in terms, it's not a single person. Yet, but when, the rich, but when a wicked man rules. Now it brought it down to a singular person, didn't it? What I want to say to you today is that there may be two candidates, Donald Trump and Joe Biden, that are running for the office of the President of the United States. My pastor said something pretty profound a couple of weeks ago. He said that we got to look past the individuals, and we got to begin to look at the machine that drives them. Because it's not who you're voting for, it's what you're voting for. That's the thing I really want to get into your heart and into your minds. It's not about who. We're so focused on the personality of of, of President Trump or so focused on the personality or lack thereof, if you will, of Joe Biden or whatever the personality may be. We're just focused right there. And they've done a pretty good job of making us focus on that through the debates or maybe the non-debate or who knows. It's just like flip a coin, who knows what happens when it comes to the personality. So I need, I need you to join me in looking past the person who is the candidate or the tandem that is the candidate, whether that be uh, Donald Trump and Mike Pence or Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. It's not what it's about. It's the driving force behind them. It's the political party platform That's the important things, brothers and sisters. It's the political party platform. That's what you're voting for. In many respects, the president somehow over the the course of many years has morphed into being a very powerful individual to a puppet and a pawn of a political platform. So that's what you're voting for. Now, granted, that individual is going to represent it, but still yet, it's the machine, it's the impetus, it's the power, it's, the, it's not the who, but it's the what. So when you go vote, <clears throat> although I know there's a name attached 
to what you're voting for. And what's not there on the ballot is what they stand for, just the name and the party that they belong to. So you're voting for a, a party, and, 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 and the best that you can do in our limited knowledge of this, in our limited wisdom of this, the best that you and I can do is to vote on the platform of the Word of God. And so you have to, be, you have to take each of these political platforms, the republic, Republican platform or the Democrat platform, and, and run it through the sieve of God's holy word, and then, and, and then to the best of your ability, vote based on what saith the Lord God Almighty. Can I get an amen from somebody? Now, I want to I help you in that. There's a document. It's called the Party Platform Comparison 2020. Now, I know I talked about this Wednesday night. Guess what? I'll talk about it this coming Wednesday night, next Sunday, and the next Wednesday night, and the next Sunday. All right, I'm going to continue to repeat this. And you have a number of, of issues that are written down here. For example, the sanctity of human life. I don't even want to go there because there's a whole lot to talk about right there. Redefining marriage. LGBT, I, I, I can't even say the, word, the letters. LGBT agenda transgender, bathrooms, and women's sports and schools, abortion and the LGBT agenda internationally, conscious rights and health care, religious liberty, <laughs> friends, that's a big one, international religious liberty, God in government, the courts, and that is a serious big one right now, sex education, education choice, social experimentation, in the military. And I just, I just kind of dropped, my jaw just dropped, you know, being a former military man, we're going to do some social experimentation in the military. Now, let me tell you where you can get this. Get ready to write it down. It's very important. If you will go to frcaction.org, you can download this document about the, pl the party platform comparison. Again, that's frcaction.org. Now, I've gone there, obviously, to get my own, and so what I'm about to walk you through will absolutely work for you. So go to that, that website. When it opens up, you'll go to a tab and click Voting Resources. It's written right there. It's, it's not hard to find. So go to that tab that says Voting Resources, and it will send a drop-down menu. And in that drop-down menu, menu, there will be one of the things you can click called Party Platforms. If you will click that button, uh, it will go to another page now. And then that, on that page, there will be, be a banner down at the bottom. And it's a big banner. It's not one you have to, to, to hunt for, where you can click that banner and this document will be made available to you to print off. I mean, I just printed mine off right from the house. I wish I'd have done it in color. It would have looked a lot better right now, but, you know, saving ink and all that. So listen, please hear me, brothers and sisters. Saints of God, people of God, as Deanna always says every single day in 714. Her and Steve are doing a fine job, by the way, aren't they? Here's the deal, y'all. You need to register to vote. 
please register to vote and then vote. The apostle Paul in the book of Romans, he said this in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be, may be able to know what is that perfect and good and acceptable will of God. What am I pulling from that? I beseech you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you register to vote, that you do the right thing, and that you make your voice heard. I pray with all my heart that there's not a single person who is connected to Resurrection Life Church Mid-Michigan here who sat on their duff and said, I'm not going to go do anything about it. I encourage you to do that. If you can believe it and you can receive it, go ahead and give the Lord a praise right where you're at. Amen. Now, I do have a message for you. I'm going to be opening every, every one of my Wednesday night Bible studies and my Sunday morning teachings with uh, some, some uh, message with you to you about the things that I just talked about. But I'm also going to have a specific message, a sermon, that I believe the Lord has laid upon my heart. One of my favorite passages of Scripture, I got a lot of them, you all know that, is Psalm 91. It's a power, power, powerful scripture. Diane actually memorized this text, and she would quote it to our daughters every single night when she tucked them in bed. Powerful scripture. So why don't we go to Psalm 91, get your Bibles out. Let's take a look at Psalm 91 this morning. I'm going to read, um, I'll be reading it from the New American Standard Bible. I'm going to read the whole chapter, and then we're going to pull some things out from it. title of my message today is Safe in the Shelter. Safe in the Shelter. Oh, man, we just sang about it, didn't we? It is well, safe in the arms of God, no matter what the winds and the storms may do. The winds and the storms still know his name, amen? It's all right if I just talk with you a little bit this morning, isn't it? Praise God. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day. Check it out. Or of the pestilence that stalks in darkness or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, for you have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. 
for he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And they will bear you up in their hands that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample down. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. And with a long life, I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. Praise God. Think about verse 1 <coughs> just for a minute. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. You know what this is talking about? This is talking about protection. If you abide under the shelter of the Most High, what does that mean? Abide under the shelter of God. How do you abide under the shelter of something? I think about, you know, if I'm out on the golf course and there's a, a storm, a heavy storm that's come in, and there's some, uh, if, maybe heavy rain. Obviously, if there's lightning, they'll blow a horn and you, you have to get off the course. But if it's just a heavy downpour, they typically have shelters out on the golf course that you can run to and get under to be protected from the heavy rains. Or if you have yourself uh, self a, 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 a tornado shelter of some kind. Well, you know, but the problem is, how many know that if I didn't run to the shelter to get under the protection of it, I would end up soaking wet or struck by lightning in that situation out on the golf course? So what's the deal? When the terrible storm comes and, and, the, and the surge is there, you have to get under. I have to, I have to physically, I have to spiritually, I have to absolutely get under the shelter of his wings. I have to go into it. You don't get the protection of the shelter if you're standing outside of it. You have to go into it. You have to come under the shelter. And the same is true with the protection and the safety that comes from the Lord. If you want the shelter from the storms of life, then he is offering you and I a place to come find protection. But we are going to have to engage with him in such a way to be able to know that our covering is there and that he is the covering for our life. It's not something that just carte blanche automatically happens. People wonder, why is this stuff happening to me? Well, maybe you're not under the shelter of the, the, the protective power of God. Maybe you're not under the shadow of his wings, so to speak. So we need to purposefully, purposely look to the Lord as our shelter. We have to recognize that we have to pursue him. We have to chase after him with all of our heart. We have to, what do I know, I say it all the time. You got to keep your nose in the book. You've got to keep your knees bent to heaven, and you've got to keep your body in the house of God. Why? Because that helps you be so engaged with God that when the storms come, you know where to run. And you run into the shelter under the shadow of the Almighty God. That's what we need to do. We are in troubled times, y'all. Things are a mess. I'm not a, a propagator of fear or a doom and gloom preacher. But honestly, 
I don't expect things to get a whole lot better. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you want good news. Well, here's the good news. We got a shelter in Almighty God, and if we will run to Him, we can find safety. He's going to cover us in the shadow of His wings, and we will find protection, and we will find safety. Amen. You know, Moses, uh, in a particular situation, he was given a commission by God <coughs> Excuse me to to do something. I want to read about it. It's in Exodus chapter 33. So could you turn your Bibles with me to Exodus 33? I'm going to read verses 12 through 15. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you yourself have not let me know whom you will send with me. Moreover, you have said, I have known you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now therefore I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways that I may know you, so that I may find favor in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. And here's, here's what the Lord said. My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. And it is, isn't it interesting? This, that was the word of the Lord to Moses. My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. I want to give you part of that human side of Moses that probably a lot of us have. Not so much that we're doubting God, but it's like we want God to reaffirm and reconfirm and you know, we'll lay out this fleece and that fleece and we'll do all this stuff just to make sure we're walking in that perfect will. Here, Moses, didn't, God said, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. And then Moses said to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure why Moses had to follow up a word from God to say, well, you know, if you're not going to do it. I, you know, what, what it, Moses is saying, we can't do this without you, God. I can't do this. I don't have the, the strength on my own to do this without you, Lord. Moses was afraid, if you will, Moses was afraid to go forward without God. Oh, children, beloved, let me, hear me now. Moses was afraid to go forward without God. He knew that if he tried this on his own, he was just going to get in trouble. He was going to make a mess of it. He did not want to go out on his commission from the Lord without the Lord with him. And in many respects, that's how we should feel in our lives. We should be afraid to go through life without God. I don't want to go forward without God. My goodness gracious, all you have to do is look around right now, and you can quickly realize that without God, you're in trouble. You need God, who is an ever-present help in time of trouble. Trouble, But there's so many of us that are still having a, an arm's-reach relationship with God instead of a heart-breach relationship with God. And we need to let God breach our hearts, get right inside of our hearts and dwell inside of us in such a way that we don't have to look for the shelter. It's with us all the time. And we're covered by the shelter of God. All you got to do is look around. You see all the unrest, all the chaos, all the sickness, all the death, all the anger, all the political corruption, all the things that are happening in this world, all the danger that's out there. And you better have a shelter. When you're out on that golf course and there's 18 holes, they may only have one, maybe two shelters on that whole thing other than the clubhouse. You better remember where they're at so when the rain comes, you can run 
to the shelter. Now, I don't know about you, and I'm not a man of fear. I'm a man of faith, but I'm afraid to do life without God. I know Rick Lopez. <laughs> do you know you? Do you know you well enough to know that you're your own worst enemy? <laughs> do you know you well enough that to know that if given the opportunity, you'll mess things up? Come on now. I'm not the only one. I don't want to go through a day in my life without God. I don't want to. And I need what I got to do. I got to cultivate a, a, a relationship with the Lord that is full-time, that is all in, that is all the way, 100% in the presence of the Lord as much as I can in this human life and in this human vessel, in this imperfect vessel. I got to find a way to be in the presence of God all the time. He sounds like a religious fanatic. Well, you and I ought to be. We ought to be religious fanatics for the Lord Jesus. We need to engage so deeply with God that we're clinging to him. So we're never, it's, it, it, it's almost like, I'll go back to the golfing metaphor. This could never happen, but I'll just say it anyway. I'm just going to grab a hold of that shelter. I'm going to tie it on the back of my golf cart, and I'm going to take it with me everywhere I go down that golf course. So I don't have far to go. That's kind of the analogy, if you will. So the, and I want you to know the Lord is faithful with his promises, and he will follow up your commitment to be so connected to him. He will follow up your humility to lower your own self-importance and acknowledge his greatness, that he is your shelter. He will, he will follow up your independence from yourself and your dependence upon him, and he follows it up, brothers and sisters, by covering us with his wings. Safe in the shelter of God. That's what, that's what we need. You know, I want to read Psalm 91 one more time. And then if you'll bear with me, I'm going to sing you a song. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I'm going to jump down to verse 9. For you have made the Lord my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And you might say, well, pastor, how can you preach that message since plague came to your tent? It matters not. He is still my safety and my refuge. You understand what I'm saying? There's, did I met, good things, excuse me, bad things happen to good people because of this world that we live in. Because we, uh, we're, in a, we're on a planet that is under the control of the evil one. And that's why we have to see him as our shelter. So when trouble does come to your tent, you know where to run. And I'm so thankful that Diane and I have been able to run into the shelter of God to protect us during this storm. It's not been easy. It's been difficult for both of us. 
I'm not, I'm not whining. I'm not complaining. Many of you have, have lost loved ones, and you know what that feels like. But it's not easy. It's been very, very difficult. And uh, uh, just even yesterday when Diane was buttoning up all the stuff at mom's house because, well, it's no longer mom's house. And the kids had to let it go. And Diane had, she stood in the kitchen and said, goodbye house, I'll never see you again. Those are serious moments that's, that we have to face in life. But isn't it great that Diane, myself, and you, any one of us, can run into the shelter of God? He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Two words there, y'all. He who dwells. That's not a place of visitation. That's a place of habitation. He who dwells in the presence of the Lord, in the shelter of the Lord, will abide. Abide is not a place of visitation. It's not a place of infrequent visit. It's a place of habitation. So no matter what happens in life when the storms come, I can inhabit the presence of the Lord. I can abide. I can live. I can dwell in the presence of the Lord. And because of it, I dwell. I live. I abide under the shadow of his wings. Come on, somebody. We all need it. Beloved, we need to run to the shelter. We need to run into the safe place of the Most High. That's what he's calling for. That's what it's all about. We need to run to the hiding place. The song says, Though my fears may overwhelm me and troubles they surround, though the wind rise up and take me, my hiding place is already found. Let me get my guitar. I've got a short leash here. Make the cameraman work, work a little bit. i got a real short leash. <laughs> See if I can make this work. There we go. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want you to just worship the Lord with me. I don't know if you got the lyrics of that song that you can put up while I'm singing it. That's marvelous. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, may we find ourselves in the safety of your arms, Lord. May we find ourselves in the shelter of the Most High God and abide under the shadow of your wings, Lord Jesus. I have found myself a hiding place. I have found myself a secret space in the shelter of Almighty's love, in the safety of the I will run to the hiding place. I will run to the hiding place. And 
Draw me ever close To look upon your face And I will run To the hiding place I have found myself a hiding I have found myself a secret space In the refuge of the Father's care In the cleansing blood of Jesus there And I will run to the high I will run to the hiding place Draw me ever closer To look upon your face And I will run to the hiding place Though my fears may overwhelm Troubles they surround Though the wind rise up to take me My hiding place is already found And I have found myself a hiding place I have found myself The shelter of Almighty's love In the safety of the Savior's arms And I will run to the hiding place I will run to the hiding Draw me ever closer to look upon your face And I will run to the hiding place I will run to the hiding place I will run Run to the hiding place. It's the best place to be in the presence of the Lord. Now, I don't know what you may be going through today. 
but I know that God knows. He knows everything about you. He knows the troubles that you may have. And isn't it good to know that because we have a mighty God who puts us under the shadow of his wings, that we can say, it is well, it is well with my soul. If you can believe it and receive it this morning, would you give the Lord a praise in the, in the house of the Lord, amen? Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today and being a part of this service. I want to send you out with a blessing. The Lord told Moses and Aaron thousands of years ago, he said, I want you to speak these words over my people, and as you speak these words, he says, I'm going to place my name on them and I'm going to bless them. And so I say this to you today as I speak these words to you, that the Lord will place his name on you and that he will bless you and he will bless you in a fresh way today. May the Lord bless you and keep you and protect you. May the Lord, Lord shine his face upon you and make his countenance go before you and may he be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you peace. In the name of the Lord, amen and amen. I call you blessed. Have yourself an awesome week. We'll talk to you Wednesday night.